The following podcast is sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com. Welcome, everyone. This episode of H2O, number 91. 91. 91. And, uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, we're getting close to a milestone. Yeah. Uh, and we've been talking about uh, experimenting a little bit with episode 100, I think. Uh, if all of the bells and whistles line up, I think what we're going to do, we're going to try to live stream episode 100. So you have the option of looking at us. Yeah, or you can watch us live while we record. Uh, I think we're going to try to stream it over on our YouTube channel just to experiment with some of the uh, equipment and test to set up uh, because we're we're trying to put all of our pieces into place for Planet Comic Con coming in May and Worldcon coming in August. <sighs> things, things and are plans, coming. I know. Plans and schemes. Uh, thanks very, very much for joining us here, everyone. My name is Jason Hunt, sitting across from Timothy Harvey. Hello. And uh, quite a few things uh, on the on the horizon, but uh, you know some things we can't talk about yet. So I'll dive into my coffee here for a second. Hmm. So the uh, the Batman Five Superman trailer, right, is out. Uh, showing Joker Luthor, or something, I don't know, Jesse Eisenberg giving a rather manic performance as Alexander Luthor. Um, Which I think is, I think think it's very much a a act he's putting on for the public. Yeah, probably. I think he's... I would would expect so. um, I think very much, even with this, with the two trailers we've seen so far, he very much seems to be somebody who is, there's the public face and then there's the private face. Yeah, and which is interesting, of course, because you have the contrast between the other two main characters, uh, whose names would be in the title, uh, who are also have the public face and the private face. Mm-hmm. The, the public face and the secret face, I guess, is better than private because <laughs> Superman and Batman are kind of public. Yeah, but the the face that they the face that they put to the public in their in their I, secret identities mm-hmm. is, of course, the mask. Right. Um, I don't know. This the, this trailer makes me feel a lot more confident, and I I, I really didn't have wasn't on the hate boat uh, for this movie anyway. But I, this trailer makes me feel better about about being not on the hate boat. Yeah, I wasn't on the hate boat so much, but uh, it, I will I will give Warner Brothers an A for effort on this one because it shows that they're I think willing to learn from their mistakes on Man of Steel, or willing to learn from Zack Snyder's mistakes on Man of Steel. Um, in terms of the tone, um, we're seeing some humor in mm-hmm. that uh, in that trailer. We're seeing some uh, more embrace of the comic book movie mm-hmm. type of of uh, environment because you know Doomsday. Um, Who I saw somebody put up a picture of. They they slapped a mask on his face and Teenage Mutant Ninja Do- <laughs> Doomsday. Yeah, and. I have a funny, but I have a funny feeling that if if they stay, if if they run with the character the way they could in the comic, is that he could his appearance could change quite a bit between the first time we see him and the time we. Yeah, the problem I have with Doomsday's is it's too soon. Well, yeah, it, they oh, haven't they haven't earned that story. Well, yet. except but, you're not except that 
you don't have to have it end up being the death of Superman. I know. Spoiler I know. spoiler alert for a 20-some-year-old well, comic. that's just like over on Supergirl. We've got Hank Henshaw, and there's no way he's going to be able to be Cyborg Superman because Cyborg Superman came out of the death of Superman. Right. That same, that same storyline. <laughs> so, but it also, I think it... Uh, I think they mind the Krypton story enough in Man of Steel. Oh, we, yeah. we got plenty. We got plenty of Krypton. We have we we have all the setup we need for Krypton. We do not need to go back to have Doomsday be a Kryptonian thing, right? Even though David Goyer is going to go back to Krypton on Sci-Fi, well, he can he can do that, but. But you're not gonna. So I think that in terms of in terms of the just like the the MCU or the TV DC mm-hmm. universe, you don't have to have it be straight up. Uh, okay, for well, for example, uh, last couple of nights we've had we've had the Flash and Green Arrow crossover that sets up uh, Legends, of, Legends tomorrow. of Tomorrow. Yep, that's not the origin of Vandal Savage from DC. It kind of is, but they've merged it well, with yeah. with the thing because the meteor that's Vandal Savage, you know that. Sure, but he was he was a but cave he was man. a caveman yeah, instead so. of instead of here. Although you know, I mean, it still works. I see what oh, they're sure. doing. Oh yeah, but but it's the same it's the same thing for for bringing Doomsday in this way. Yeah, um, and actually, to me, it's a fairly logical thing. You know, you've got somebody who you've got clearly from what we've seen so far, and I'll be real surprised if they diverge from this in the movie, but what we've seen so far, we have a Lex Luthor who is um, very concerned, uh, rightly or wrongly, uh, wrongly, of course, because he's the bad guy. Sure. Um, but, or possibly some degree of right, um, because we we establish in Man of Steel that, that you know, apply the laws of physics to to Superman and you end up with destruction, right? And that's my concern with the DC universe on the, in the cinema anyway, is that yeah. it's too it's too close to reality. It doesn't have enough of the comic book physics. And it looks like we're getting plenty of destruction porn in this next one too. Oh sure, but we also uh there's some there's some really interesting stuff that if 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 we're getting this stuff coming through the trailers and it shows up in the movie, there's there's a death wish playing with Batman. That's coming through, which is which fits the character uh, to a certain degree. If he, if the, the level of loss we're getting peeking you mean, through, you mean Batman has a death wish, or do you mean Charles Bronson death wish movies? <laughs> well, um, no, Batman. Batman seems to have to. You know, he's he's no he's he's there's there's an anger mm-hmm. there that we're getting from the character yeah. that is appropriate. Bat, Batman always has the advantage of being the character you can go to for actual anger. He's, right. Because he's ang- right. he's angry at injustice. He's angry at the world. He channels that into fighting for, um, you know, fighting against evil. Yep. Here we get the sense that we've lost a Robin. Um, we've lost. We've lost. He apparently, you know, he's got that sense of loss that's just there, and it looks like you know Superman and and what and what happened in Metropolis just, you know, was the switch. He's like no more. Yeah. Um, but no more. No more. Exactly. <laughs> So if we get a Billy Piper cameo, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, but and a blue box. And a blue box. Uh, so it's it's. I the the reason I don't have a problem with with Luther developing Doomsday is that we have this character who is historically in the comics, and less so in the movie portrayals up to this point. Mm-hmm. We have somebody who's a scientist. 
Right, instead of a land baron. Right. Wanna be. And so for everybody who's like going, oh, he's just so, he looks a little too manic. I'm like, okay, do you guys remember Gene Hackman? I love Gene Hackman. I love those movies, but let's face it, Luther is not a threat. Yeah. Um, well, he was played for comic relief. Sure. Kevin, yeah, Kevin Spacey was much more but threatening. It, but, but, the, but the underlying theme was the same, mm-hmm. you know, land grab. Land, land, land. Yeah. Um, and they will pay through the nose to get it. Um, but I still say, still maintain that for all the for all the flaws um, with Superman Returns, Kevin Spacey was not one of them. No, he did a great job. Um, you know, hearing he's he has uh, the all time best saying of the word kryptonite in the history of film. Kryptonite <laughs> with the trilling R. And oh yeah, guess. and uh, yeah. yeah, now fly. Uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, <laughs> but that's what we need. We need we need a Kevin Spacey cameo <laughs> as Luther Sr. Um, yeah, because uh, to all extents and purposes, this does look like Alexander Luther uh, rather than Lex Luther. Um, do you, yeah, I know we're not going to be playing with multiverse here, but this looks like Lex Jr. Well, and I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that because you can bring back in Lex Sr. Mm-hmm. in another role. Um, you, and have Kevin Spacey play him. That would be, that would be so cool. <laughs> um, and to be perfectly honest, um, I think that if you wanted to give the fans something that would just make them, you know, get really excited about that sort of thing, if you brought Spacey back, no one's going to complain. Yeah. Um, as long as it's not a bland grab thing, in which case it's like, didn't we already do this? Yeah. <laughs> Three times, four times. Um, but you know, I, it's just, I, I don't have a problem with, I don't have a problem with, with Luther being a scientist developing a weapon, mm-hmm. um, and developing a weapon against what he perceives to be the threat. But he also, it looks very much like he doesn't just want to take down Superman. He's, he's quite content to have Batman be collateral damage as well. And he wants to have all the candies. Well, do you see the, um, uh, there's speculation about uh, parademons in that one shot. There's, a, there's that desert, that, the, the desert battle shot. The flying things, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, that's a real interesting question about what that scene's supposed to be, because we've heard of this, we've, the rumor mill has got it being a dream sequence or a, mm-hmm. a nightmare that Batman has, or like a, right. which would it seem to indicate a, with, with the Superman with the guys wearing the Superman emblem who are bowing down, you know, the, this vision, the idea some people have is that the vision that Batman is having of a world where Superman is the conquering, you know, Bat- threat. Batman has never really been the kind of character that you would see having those kind of imaginings, though. I mean, wait a he's, he's, more, he's more methodical. I, I just don't see... Well, I don't know. I guess it would just depend on how they present it. But I just don't see a, a, a cinematic version or an on-screen version of Batman having a having a a, a daydream, a daymare. Well, I don't necessarily think it would be nice. I, I could very easily see it being him looking at the news, going through, because we're obviously getting a flashback to the Battle of Metropolis. Right. Um, and I think that I, I don't necessarily have a problem with him, you know, reliving that and then waking up from this nightmare of the world ruled by Superman. Because it seems to me that it's like, again, with, I, I think we're getting, we're going to get a culmination of events that, you know, we, you know we've, got a, we've got a dead Robin, we've got you know, 
the the loss of life in Metropolis, all these things that are building up to just make him angry, right? Angry and and view Superman as the kind of threat that he feels he has to, to face, even though we also get a very blunt comment from Alfred in this trailer, which is like, you know, this is suicide, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like you're just... yeah. Well, plus we've got Superman saying or Kal-el saying, if I wanted you dead, you'd be dead, basically. Well, which I think yeah. is actually an yeah. important thing we need to hear him say in mm -hmm. this too, because that's exactly the kind of thing that you know we want to hear him say i could kill you and i'm not going to yeah i'm still waiting for superman to show up though although the last shot with the trinity standing there <laughs> that it, it almost made it worth it um there's a there's a couple of moments here where i i think we really get we get superman peeking through first of all we have that just the looks between the two of them when they're at the at the dinner party or at the, mm -hmm. at the reception where they're just, you know, the banter. Yeah. That's very much, to me, that felt very much like the right kind of adversarial. World's finest. World's finest kind of thing. Yeah. And, but and also that Ben, that, that, that half smile that Ben Affleck gets when he goes, what do you, what do you think about the, the, you know, the Batman and, and it's just that half smile. Uh -huh. And he's just like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then there's the the thing at the end where Superman looks over at, at Batman and says, "Is she with you?" And Batman says, "I thought she was with you." And that was, and I, you know what? I didn't. I thought, hey, you can actually understand his voice better than than Christian Bale. Yeah, but it's he's still, still they're still doing something to it. Well, of course they are. You're, this is still, this is what they're going to do. Growly. This, yeah, know. well, yeah, you're going to Batman's growly. But I think that it it does feel a lot more like what. I, I, this is kind of what I want to see. I mean, yeah. and and there, I like the fact that it was humor. I like the fact that you know, um, but you know, the best part of the part of the best parts of this trailer, of course, is the fact that you've got you know, Wonder Woman comes in, and this is not like a just you know, oh, and here's Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. It's like, bam, yeah, you know, oh. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm on board. I am on board with this because she's, you know, it's 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 a it's the, I, unfortunately, you know, it's a spoiler, but at the same time, it's like it is. The, there's nothing that beats a dramatic entrance, right? And she just comes in, and, you know, then and, and that just whole. I think anybody, you know, whining about, oh, she doesn't look strong enough. Well, guys, you know what? This yeah, works for does. me. Well, and I think that we've seen in this trailer. We've seen her first appearance in costume because yeah. up until this point in the movie, we've seen Diana. Right. I think this is going to be the first time she pops in in costume as Wonder Woman, and they're both going to look at each other going, huh? Wait, yeah. what? She's she's who? What? <laughs> so I don't know. That was... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes, and we're going to discuss this further because I want to. I want to actually pick this apart and compare it to some of the other stuff that we've gotten rumors and and uh, actual news and and hearsay and speculation and stuff on on our next episode of Rogues Gallery, uh, which you can do. Uh, you can find over on iTunes, uh, same as as you listen to us uh, here. Um, just look for Sci-Fi for Me and Rogues Gallery is a weekly thing. That's our discussion of the DC Comics filmed media universe. So, Mostly TV right now. So all that 15 minutes was a big, long promo <laughs> for our other show. 
Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll record that uh, this weekend and talk about Supergirl, talk about the Flash and Arrow crossover, and talk about the Man of Steel, or, or, or Batman 5 Superman trailer. We'll talk about... Lead up uh, to Legends of Tomorrow. Wonder Woman, Legends of Tomorrow, all of that stuff is on the table for uh, for the next Rogues Gallery. Because we have photos out for Wonder Woman now. Yes, yes. Nicely said in no. a period piece. I'm, Parts of it. I'm liking it. Well, did you see the new speculation about Chris Pine? No. What's the new speculation about Chris Pine? That he's playing Steve Trevor, and he's playing Steve Trevor. Well, you know what? It's perfectly understandable that you do that, because... I don't look like my grandfather <clears throat> at all. Um, I don't look like either of my grandfathers. However, my little brother mm. looks a lot like my dad's dad. Yeah, he's got the same facial structure and things like that, and and um, but that's also comic booky. Sure, you know that's it is it is that's yep. a comic book thing. It's like wait a minute. Well, I mean the uh, Linda Carter series did it. Oh sure, father and son. Well, I mean come on if you're Wagner. if you're gonna if you're gonna borrow from from you know another another source material, it's okay to borrow from Linda Carter's sure. Wonder Woman. Because I I still want her to show up as Hippolyte. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I do. I, I think, I, and I think, I think that would be a perfectly acceptable thing to do. Yep. So we'll talk about all of that on Rogues Gallery, and hopefully you'll be able to join us because you've got meetings that day. But yeah, we'll uh, we will talk about all of that uh, on on that show. Also, we are starting to put a number of our programs on podcasts.com, and I think eventually we're going to be moving all of our feeds over there. Uh, to get better numbers, so just uh, just as a heads up, uh, we're going to be dropping them in various different places uh, for a while. But uh, I think eventually we're going to be moving everything over uh, to podcast.com. Just look for Sci-Fi for Me over there, and you will be able to find uh, the shows as we roll out new ones. Because mm -hmm. you know now we're starting fresh with another hard drive dead. Yeah. Oh, speaking of tech. Let's let's talk about Ray's email. Yeah, I want to talk about Ray's email for a second. We got an email a while back. For those of you who have li who have listened to the show before, you know that we mentioned uh, Ray sent us Ray in Pennsylvania sent us an email a while back. Said that he was working on a project, a secret project, and he didn't give us any hints, didn't give us any clues at all. He said he was working on something, and we're like, they weren't gonna. Well, we got another one. Uh, another email from him giving us an update, and there's a couple of things he's still he's still not telling us what it is. Of course not. But this is from Ray. Just a quick message to let you know the project I've been working on is almost complete. We fired it up this weekend and it works and looks great. And he's taking photos mm -hmm. as he progresses through this. He says I've wanted to send you photos of the build, but my wife has stopped me. In her infinite wisdom, she made the point that you only get to see it for the first time once, and that it should be in front of you when you do. So he's shipping whatever it is that he's building. Mm -hmm. He's going to ship it to headquarters here. So I suppose we probably should uh, let's let's unbox it live on Periscope. There you go. When it gets here, we yeah. get the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assuming that it's in a box, I don't know. We'll we'll open it up live. We'll we'll because we never use our periscope. We don't. We need to use our periscope a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> mostly I'm, because we were traumatized by the first periscope used for <laughs> for uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. Now when... I did okay unboxing the superhero stuff. Yeah, box. you did, but but the but the seeming adults <laughs> in the room over on, at the uh, Fear of the Walking Dead were yeah. three grown up human. Yeah. Beings who basically well, managed to completely you know, it's, it's mess a new, up. It's Periscope. a new app, you know. 
We're, we're not Luddites, I swear to God. We <laughs> you like know, the toys. The, the problem with, with, the, with the problem with Periscope is there's no place where you can swipe left. <laughs> right? Because that's what everybody, that's what they all do right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, it, I, I'm really, really curious what Ray's cooking up. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, and, and he's going to have, uh, he's working on a new blog. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, we'll take that out too. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> it's got me intrigued. I'm curious. Um, speaking of unboxing, SuperheroStuff.com is our sponsor for this show. We do appreciate their support. And they have lots of um, cool stuff in boxes. And I need to send Brian a, a, a note with our, with our next order yeah. so we can get more stuff. Um, so we are going to let you hear from them, and uh, we're going to take a break, refill coffee mugs, and uh, figure out what we're going to talk about next on part two when H2O continues right after this. You're listening to H2O on Sci-Fi For Me Radio. There are plenty of places to get your genre news. We get that, which is why we go visit those places for you. And then we bring it all back here so it's all in one handy little place. Sci-Fi For Me is your one-stop shop for everything genre. Comic books, video games, TV, movies, the latest best-selling novels. Join us as we delve into the many story universes over a nice cup of coffee. We've got everything you need, all in one place. SciFiForMe.com, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Hi, this is Jason Hunt, and if you're one of the dedicated listeners for this show, first of all, thank you. Second, you are sharing with others, are you not? And you should be aware by now, we have many shows as part of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Our Marvel discussion on Level 117, the DC chat on the Rogues Gallery, Sci-Fi For Chicks talking about various topics, which we also do in mixed company on the Echo Chamber, and H2O, which is our one-on-one -on -one discussion between Mr. Harvey and myself, now syndicated over at Amazing Stories Magazine. Sci-Fi For Me Radio is more than one show, and we'd like to invite you to join us for all of it, or at least try it out and see what you think. And also check out Sci-Fi For Me TV, that's our YouTube channel, where we have interviews, convention panel video, all part of giving you the most bang for your buck. Oh yeah, wait, no, it's free. So check it out, Sci-Fi For Me Radio and Sci-Fi For Me TV, all part of SciFiForMe.com, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Whoa, where'd you get that shirt? Bought it at the convention last week. It's an atomic cotton design. Atomic cotton? Yep, they got t-shirt designs from sci-fi, horror, cult films. All the shirts were really unique and fun. I had to get one. I gotta wait for another convention, though. Nope. AtomicCotton.com. I ordered a shirt. Shipping was super fast. Atomic Cotton, where Erica and Zach combine their passion for art and film to create wearable art. All original, made with a love for the genre. Coming to a convention near you very soon. Or find them on the web at AtomicCotton.com. Atomic Cotton. Shirts and art for fans by fans. Podcasting is our superpower. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Back on H2O, Jason Hunt here along with Timothy Harvey. Hello. And we've spent the first part talking about the, uh, the Batman 5 trailer. Let's continue talking about trailers mm -hmm. because Star Wars... Wait, there's a Star Wars movie coming there's out? A Star Wars movie I had not out. heard this. December. Tell me more. <laughs> December. 19th? 18th. 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 Yes. Uh, December 19th is our road trip. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Um, 
I was, uh, it was, uh, well, I can't, I can't really say anything because the kid listens to the show. Um, yeah, very yeah, yeah, well. Um, no, December 18th, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. There, Have you seen the six or seven minute compilation of everything, oh, yeah. all the footage? Uh-huh. The only thing I don't like about it is it just repeats the music track from the first one. Well, yeah. No, I, I, show me all of it. Show yeah. me all the, all the, give me all the candy, yeah. right? Um, but it's very interesting. Some of the stuff I hadn't seen before, mm. because I guess it's on TV trailers or international right. trailers. There's or so much. There's so many different yeah. spots that, and some are very quick clips. Oh yeah, bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting to see how that. Well, and and. It, and other people apparently are having the same thought that I am, that that Star Destroyer shot is our opening shot. I think that as a setup shot and to, to keep with the visual theme that the original movies established, mm-hmm. that would be an ideal place to put it. Yeah. Um, and also a sense, that sense of... Dealing with the fact that time has passed mm-hmm. and, and establishing that world of of the future. Of the future. Yeah. The future of a galaxy far, far away a long time oh ago. My sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it also is one of those things where it's, I mean, if you look, if you look at the original trilogy, every shot having a Star Destroyer, it wasn't necessarily a matching shot, the same shot. Every right. single time, so right. it's it, you know it's a star destroyer in a different setting depending on your story. Mm-hmm. Which this, if this is the if this is the opening shot, it's in keeping with that. Plus, it's also sitting there going, you know, it's turning expectations sideways a little bit and saying, yeah, here's a star destroyer, but mm-hmm. it's a dead one, and and it does hopefully set up. Uh, the introduction of Ray, like we're expecting, right? I'm, I'm curious to see how BB-8 ends up with Ray, because if BB-8 belongs to Poe Dameron, how, uh, how, how did he get on Jakku? Well, she he finds, or she or whatever. She finds him at a droid uh, sale, and. Um, uh, she was going to buy a different droid, but this is the one that she ended up with, and there's a recording. Yeah. You know, bringing the drums. and. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I find it interesting that people still uh, are, are on this, you know, Luke could be the villain, Luke could be the bad guy type of speculation. I'm thinking there's no way. That he could be not not that he's Kylo Ren, but that he could be, you know, turned to the dark side or anything like that. There's really not well, okay. any way that I see that happening. No, I don't see it either. But but it's I think it's part of the idea that the Jedi have all seemed to become worse. The older they get, mm-hmm. um, I mean, let's face it, Ben Kenobi lied a lot. 
he was or, or he was very creative with his use of the truth. Sure. Um, Depending on your point of view. <laughs> the audience. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's and it's well, it's, it and and storytelling wise, it's a temp, it's a tempting kind of place to go. Is where you you establish the hero, you take them on that hero's journey, mm -hmm. and then you you've established that the biggest temptation in the in that universe, if you're if you're a Jedi, is the dark side. Um. And you've seen more than I've. There's been more than one theory that that we saw Luke actually turn to the dark side in the original trilogy. Um, Tempted. Well, there's actually, a, there's, I can't remember who, who proposed it. Um, I'll have to see if I can find it. But uh, it was that we actually saw him turn to the dark side. And that he basically, it, by the time he faces the Emperor and, and Darth Vader at the end, he's already embraced the dark side. Oh. Um, I haven't seen this one. I, uh, I have not seen this theory. Because he's basically, uh, he's at his most violent. He's at his most... Uh, manipulative. He's at at his most um, uh, um, the closest he would necessarily we would have seen him to being on the dark side, and and not necessarily having the dark side be the kind of thing where that you you cross this line and suddenly you're evil. Twisty mustache. Yeah, it's no, more. They, it's more that over on Agents of Shield. Right, um, but you step over and become, you know, it's 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 a slippery slope. Um, yep. It's the one where you've you know, you take a step and then you realize you've taken two steps too far. Um, because, of course, you know, we have Yoda say, you know, you can't go back to Cloud City in, in Empire. Mm -hmm. And he does. And he does he makes all these decisions which are, are pretty, you know, exactly what he's told not to do. And then, of course, when, when we first see him in... Uh, uh, Jedi. Uh, Jedi, he's... You know, he basically straight up tells Jabba, give me what I want or I'm killing you. Which is, you know, not exactly, you know, let's negotiate. It's yeah. more like, well, you know, which is, it's a threat. Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, so I don't, I don't buy the theory because ultimately um, it would damage what is one of the iconic heroes yeah. of... 20th century and 21st century now uh, culture, and I th it's like it's like I mean you can have you can have Arthur fall at Mordred's hands at Camelot. Um, you can have um, Robin Hood be betrayed at the end of his life uh, and poisoned. You can have the you can have the downfall of the hero, right? Right. But you can't have. You can't have them become not who they are. And Luke Skywalker is always going to be, no matter how sophisticated or trained or anything, is going to be the small-town farm boy what goes on the hero's journey. He's a, he's, he's, oh. there's, that's something you can't take away from that character without violating the core of what that character is. It's be like making Han Solo a gardener. Speaking of which, unless being, he likes really garden, really did you see uh, Harrison Ford has good things to say about the movie. He's actually watched the movie and he said nice things about the movie. Harrison Ford's Star Wars hate is so <laughs> 1990s. <laughs> well, it makes me wonder because you know Lawrence Kasdan is done after the after the next. Mm -hmm. I think he's doing the Boba Fett solo film, <clears throat> and that's that's his last 
hurrah in the Star Wars universe, as mm-hmm. it were. He's retiring. Um, and, you know, Harrison Ford, of course, there are rumors and speculations about Han Solo's fate. Yes. I'm not going to get into spoilers on this, but Harrison Ford is uncharacteristically enthusiastic about this movie. I have not seen him promote a film with such verve, let's say, as he is for this one. I, you know, I, he's never he's never promoted the Indiana Jones movies like this. He's never promoted uh, the Jack Ryan movies or you know Air Force One or any of those with with you know, in the way that he's doing this one. And I'm wondering if there's a reason for that, other than the fact that Disney is paying him a lot of money and telling him that he must say nice things. But even even in those movies that were really good. Well, he's never really been effusive in his in his praise for his for his own films. Well, I'll tell you what though, it's it's there's something about I mean, you nobody nobody involved with this has any question in their mind about the iconic stature of the the Star Wars movies. I mean, yeah. they are there really are very very few pop culture things, very few movies that have the impact long term that Star Wars has had. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talked about this before, is that it, that period, that 1970s period, was a groundbreaking, game-changing period for film. Right, and we talked about the impact of Star Wars in our own. Was it two weeks ago? Episode 89. Yeah. Yeah, right before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can find that in the archives. So, <laughs> plug. Um, but it's none of the people involved don't ha- have any question about about what that has done for their careers. Mm-hmm. Good and for, for good and for bad. I mean, there's a, there was a certain amount of you know, Mark Hamill was kind of typecast for a while, right? Um, and you know, found the voice work and and you know, doing some TV stuff and and has built a, a fantastic career. But for a while there, you know, uh, it was kind of like. Well, we can't really cast him as anything else. He's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Um, and of course, Hans, you know, Harrison Ford had had, you know, issues with with dealing with the the high profileness of Star Wars, and and of course his opinions of some of this, the the story stuff, and and of course Carrie Fisher had her struggles with with a lot of different things, uh, her her um, substance abuse issues, but she also was a very very highly regarded writer. During a large Still period is. of that, yeah. yeah. So, um, so they all found different ways of dealing with post Star Wars fame for good and for ill. But um, none of them have any question about the impact that film has. And they, there comes a point in your life, which I, I get the impression just by the a lot of the projects that Harrison Ford is talking about doing now, where you look back at some of that stuff and go, you know what? We did a really cool thing, mm-hmm. and we get to go play in that sandbox again, and we get to play in that sandbox with stories that don't make you, you know, go really. No, you know, I'm contractually obligated to do Rambo twelve or <laughs> Rambo and Son. Is what it's oh be, God, yeah. yes, I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, complete complete side non genre note. Or I suppose it is a genre. I have no problem with the idea of what they did with with Creed with the. 
the right. You know, with, yep. with, with having him become Burgess Meredith's character. Yeah, that's a logical evolution. At some point, Rocky Balboa can't fight anymore. So he has to be the he has to be the one who passes on. This right? guy will kill you to death exactly. inside of three rounds. <laughs> I know. I want to hear him. You know. So so I'm actually okay with that. I like. I mean, if you're going to continue that story, then take it to its. You know, it passes to a new generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rambo and Son, must we go to the family? <laughs> and now, and now, John Rambo has become the father figure. No, on, no, let's no. go camping. No, no. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. It's like, I know. Well, stop the thing. But well, the generational thing you've got uh, because you've got in in Star Wars, you know, this this next generation with with Daisy mm-hmm. Ridley's character and John Boyega's character, and of course, the people people are still. Under the ins- uh, under the assumption that Ray mm-hmm. and Kylo Ren are the twins, the mm-hmm. solo twins, Jason and Jaina, or whatever they end up being called in this movie, right? Because Ray has said, "I know all about waiting for my family," and she's on this backwater, hind in a nowhere planet, waiting for her family. So apparently, she's either been stranded or hidden for whatever reason, and. Uh, the problem with that theory, mm-hmm. the complete and gigantic problem with that theory, the, the, the problem with that theory that makes me go, if they go with this theory, I'm actually going to be angry, no. is what chain of events, what possible chain of events could there be where Han Solo and Leah would give up their children well, and not... In the in the extended universe, there have been several times when the kids have been hidden away in various different places uh, for various different reasons because they were targets because they were you know targets for assassination. Sure, but she's a grown up. Well, yeah, she is now. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, who knows how long she's been tucked away? Because I mean, Luke Skywalker. They put him on Tatooine. They hid him. They hid Leia. Yeah, it's, it worked out so well. Right? Well, it did. He brought balance to the force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff, no, it's right? just, well, it's no. I don't. I don't. I don't like it. I. I. I hope that's not the case, um, because I just. I don't. I have a hard time seeing, especially with what was done to her and Luke, mm-hmm. Leah allowing that to happen. Yeah, and I think that it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't. I don't see how it necessarily benefits the story in any way to to continue the fact that, oh, we're just going to send our kids off to boarding school on, you know, know. terrible just, planets. There's, there's got to be something. And, and I would expect that if they do go with that route, it may have something to do with the fact that the Empire painted Luke Skywalker out to be a villain. Well, but sure, but there's nothing that says they have to be the kids of anybody except for... Somebody's kids, you know. It's yeah, we, but they, they're you, they're the kids. They're, they, they're the solo twins. They gotta be. I mean, that's well. It's, this is the saga of the Skywalker family. Well, but it could also it could be it could be that she, I I, I it's a little too. And, and you know what? They, you certainly make it work. But there there are many dangers of going down the path of, you know. The good twin and the bad twin, and it's just eh. yeah. I mean, it's epic. It is. It is. It certainly goes with the the whole, you know, classic storytelling kind of thing. But there are dangers there. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that um, we could have a redemption, another redemption arc, and <laughs> redemption arcs are Although, hard to get right. Although we may not. Right? We may not. 
it could it could very well be it ends up being like uh, the twins story ended up in in the EU with sure sure spoilers most of them dead well but they also took many many books yeah to build it that yeah point. they did and and they'll you know they've got more than one movie that they're making well yeah but it's I think it, I hear heard tell yeah. there might be more than just, a rumor. than just the one there's a rumor um, it's, it's you have to for to do that kind of story properly you have to build you have to give well, you know, it's really hard to do that story without giving them the good child who becomes bad. You know, it's it's harder to to go from evil to evil. You know, I mean, the reason it worked for Darth Vader is that we gave us three films to build that up. Right. And and we got revelations along the way. Um, well, and there's something that says we couldn't do that here because Kylo Ren could be revealed at some point to be... <gasps> That's my son, you know, and Han Solo. I am your child. Is, yeah. Well, and and then Han Solo is conflicted. Now, what is he going to do? Well, assuming he makes does it out, he, out of the first film, does he save his son or you know, potential yeah. spoiler? Who knows? So, you know, who knows? But and, oh, when we did get confirmation that that is Luke Skywalker uh, putting his hand on R two D 2s Well, of course, tone. who else would it be? Um, well, yeah, but there was never anything <laughs> official. Now, some I think I think Hamill. Did an interview. Somebody did an interview where they talked about being on set for that mm. and confirmed that it actually was Mark Hamill in there in, he, in that scene because we've just, never gotten anything official saying yes, that's him in right, the trailer. That's true. Well, yeah. well, he was talking about recently about um, when they were shooting out in Ireland mm -hmm. and how he had that moment where, like he did with the original film, where he's looking at this landscape, which is just so amazing, and that sense of being somewhere not earthly mm -hmm. was there and he did not yeah. expect to have that again well and the other thing and too really was cool. uh the some of the stuff where he was where he was shooting without anybody else mm -hmm. and that sense of disconnect mm -hmm. um that comes to but you know he's also talked about shooting episode eight so either he survives the force awakens or, or he force ghosts or he force ghosts <laughs> or it's just a recording or he shows up in flashback <laughs> Uh, or something. I don't. Oh, know. All the different ways. Yeah, to, it's to, gonna be interesting to see how all of that plays out. So, I think you know, there's but so the many footage looks great. Oh, it does. It does, and I think that that really, um, again, we come back to that fact that that when you have that kind of film that has that kind of impact, mm -hmm. and you come back to it in a way that doesn't feel cash grabby, it feels like the people involved are out to do something that is is a logical continuation of the story, a way that feels organic as opposed to, well, the bank coffers are running a little low. Ooh, let's basically get all the money. Um, what intellectual property can we exploit this week? Right. Because yes. we have plenty of that out in the world of entertainment. So it's, mm -hmm. it's when you have something like this, and you have that kind of multi-generational appeal where you can just reach out and grab parents and children and grandparents now. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 we're looking at three, gener three four generations of, of people who know this story. Did you see the t-shirt? Um, I was there, and it has May 25th, 1977 on it. <laughs> no, for, I haven't, for, but I like that. It's, I, I think it's either T-Fury or somebody who's got it. Is, is, uh, oh, is sure. One of those, no, that makes perfect know, sense. For first-generation Star oh, Wars yeah. fans like us. So. Well, and you think about it. I mean, you, you really, there, there is... There are only three big 
giant pop culture phenomenon things, I think, that really fall into this category. And you, two of them are American. You've got Star Wars and Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Doctor Who. Um, there isn't much else out there that has the... God's, Godzilla. Um, yeah, okay, okay, certainly Godzilla. Um, or... Ultraman, maybe? Uh, maybe Ultraman. Ultraman doesn't have the reach, necessarily. True, true. Godzilla definitely does. Um, you know, you, you, you step outside of genres, you've got things like East Power Ender, Rangers. Power Well, it's just some, not, not, again, not the kind of impact. I mean, you have, um, you know, you have to go to soap operas to find some of the, even mm, looking at the yeah. runtime, East Enders or, or for, the, for the UK or, or um, a lot of the um, Days of Our Lives and that sort of stuff here. But you don't have the kind of reach, even Godzilla films, as huge as they are, and as much as we all sit there and go, another Godzilla film, that's great. No, you know, very few of them have, when you hear that strain of the Star Wars theme, or mm. you hear, da, 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 there's, a, there's, a, there's a emotional impact that very few pieces of pop entertainment have. Yeah. And I don't know that say something like Harry Potter, no matter how big it's gotten, my son has predicted, will carry on. My son has predicted that we'll need to see Star Wars more than once. Because the first the time I see it, yes, I know, I know, I'm just going to be nope. so painful. I've seen it the one time, no. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, words the, not spoken on this show. His prediction is: I actually said those. Uh, I actually said that about Jessica Jones, if you recall. That's true. Uh, well, okay, it wasn't on this show. It was on level eleven, right. which was just the two of us. Um, no, but my son has made the prediction that I'm going to have to see The Force Awakens more than once because the first time. I will not be able to see past my tears. <laughs> he said, he's going to be crying the whole time. I said, no, I'm not. But. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> there, I, the, the kid has a point. Well, see, and that, see, and that, that well, on, on several levels, I think this movie is going to have an emotional impact for me just because. One, it's Star Wars. Yes, there's the whole cultural phenomenon and all of that stuff. Sure. Um, there's the hearkening back to your childhood, um, back when life was easier, comparatively speaking. You know, that, that time when we, we had not... We had no responsibility. Exactly. Well, yeah, there's that, and there's, you know, uh, circumstances were not such where you're sitting there worried about everything oh sure um you know uh um and not not politics or or government or environment or anything like that it's it's just you know there's there is that sense of innocence oh yeah uh, from from being a kid and seeing Mm -hmm. star wars um but also you know from from a grown-up standpoint i look at uh i look at star wars as one of those uh, foundational elements for my decision to get into filmmaking. Sure. There was there was Star Wars, there was Silverado, there was Lawrence of Arabia, you know, these really big grand sweeping things, these mm-hmm. these stories that 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 resonated with me on several different points. And it's a reminder, yeah, you know, I have a tough time sometimes going to the movies because it's a reminder that I don't do it. 
Right. Yeah. You know, it's it. I understand. It, it, right. It was right there, and then life got it, in the way. Life got in the way, and Star Wars for me, Star Trek uh, is another one of those. The original Star Trek, not the not the JJ Trek, but those are those. You know, having having one of those films come back brings all that back. Oh sure, and it's it's fun to entertain the notion that Star Wars is back, but at the same time, I'm sitting there going, oh, this is just going to kill me inside. <laughs> you know, it's well, just but you know what? It, it, it could also be a, a, a chance to, and who knows, but it could be a chance of you sitting there going, hey, you know what? I do want to do this again. This is, I want to, I want to figure out a way to do it. I mean, this is like, and we don't talk about this much um, on the show, but, you know, I'm, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, for the last couple of years, and probably next year, too, mm -hmm. um, I'm the president of the Independent Filmmakers Coalition in Kansas City, which eats up a ridiculous amount of my time, um, as running any organization will do. Right. Um, and one of, the, one of the crimes that is committed upon presidents of the Independent Filmmakers Coalition of Kansas City is you stop making movies. Right. Because you're busy. And every president says the same thing. I will make movies because I will not fall into the trap of my predecessors. Oh, crap, I've fallen into the trap of my predecessor. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I've actually been able to be involved with a lot more films than I thought I was going to be. But I've made precious few of my own. Um, and yet I've somehow managed the time to, to, to find the time, make the time, to be part of other projects. Um, art director on this or, you know, you know, producer on that or whatever. And every now and again, I come across somebody's work, somebody that I've never heard of, and I go, wow, that is so good. I need to do that. Yeah. I need to do one of those. Um, there's, a, there's a film, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now, but I uh, saw it, we, we, we screened it at the Fringe Festival, um, which Jason here uh, kindly helped me with running some of the screenings there. Um, and uh, it's the one set with the, the book, the guy carrying the books, who uh, came around, the book salesman. Hmm. Uh, beautiful, okay. beautiful, beautifully shot film, very emotional, very powerful. Um, and I was watching that going, I don't even know who this guy is. Who is this director? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, and it's so, you know. So you get those moments where you sit there and go, God, this is why I do this. This is why mm. I have this, I have to make the time. I think the original Star Wars trilogy for me, and, and this, this one coming up now, I yeah I keep sitting there trying to trying to psychoanalyze myself ahead of time to figure <laughs> out just just what this is going to do because I do that sometimes I I have these moments like you know watching the watching the Marvel movies or watching these big these these big blockbuster films that I didn't work on and I'm not part of mm -hmm. sure um, you know the fact that I'm not in Los Angeles has a lot a lot to do with that but you know the the for me, I'm anticipating. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to pin down why this one. I because I know this is going to happen. I know it's going to hit me, and it's to the best of my guess. This one is going to remind me more than any other. This movie is going to remind me that at one point I used to be optimistic about my future. At one point in my 
life mm -hmm. long ago, I was I was looking forward to what was next. Well, and you know what? This is not a bad thing to have reminded of, and and to maybe sit there and go, you know what? Those look, look the there are a thousand and one, maybe a thousand and two reasons why grown-ups such as we are sadly some days yeah um for us to sit there and look at the future and look at the world around us and go why 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 is it oh all yeah broken? i had this i had this conversation with sonia earlier this week because i've had two hard drives die this week right. oh, yeah. and i told i told her i was like i just i am just so tired of this whole adulting thing this yeah. week <laughs> i you know there there are days that it's no fun and yeah. Star Wars Star Wars was fun. Star Wars has always been fun. Even well, the prequels, you know, just despite their flaws. Yeah. That's I mean, that's Saturday morning serial stuff sure. and and we don't get enough fun in our lives anymore and and I don't know. I think I think well I think that's it. There's I think part that's... of me there's part of me that's worried that that's going to hit me that hard that I that I that I don't have any fun. Well, there's no fun. But that's in life. that's the thing is that where you look at that and go, "Okay, it's you can get weighed down, you can get buried, you can get that feeling of it just, you know, the world, the world, the world is weighing <laughs> on me. But, you know, but the thing is, is that we are, we are creatures of imagination. And you and I and our team here come together and we record podcasts and we watch TV shows and we do all this stuff and we talk to each other and we play and we have a good time we go to cons and we we interview folks and we do all this stuff which is all flight of fancy which is all crazy lunatic fun silly things if you think about it i mean yeah. we are we have got plans and schemes for things <laughs> that nobody has done before yeah and yeah it it's coordination it's, it's grown-upping at at a problem right. right but at the same time you know, in about uh, a little over half a year, you know, we're going to be in less than half a year in some cases. We're going to be sitting there going, hmm. <laughs> look at the thing we just did. I so know. it's there. But I know. I know. it's, you have to remember, you have to remember, and Star Wars is, is a good thing to do it with, that we do this because it's fun. And when we, when the hard drive fails, or in the case of my Mac at home, where it's like the fan goes, uh, yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't want to buy a new one because they're mm. expensive. And at the same time, though, you know, we, 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 this is a lot of fun. And, and we forget, we forget the fun. Yeah. We forget the fact that we're we enjoying ourselves. So Star Wars is a good reminder of that. So when you watch the film, after you've dried the tears <laughs> of joy from your face, and you watch it the second, third, twelfth time, um, and uh, and that part of you which is going, well, you realize it's an error right there because we've got that editor. The editor eye creeps its way into watching films you like a lot. Yeah. It's like, oh, crap. <laughs> I found a flaw. Um, you know, you're not going to forget that it was fun. And it, it is it is a reminder that we enjoy this stuff and that and we, we are going forth uh, to do this stuff because Star Wars opened our eyes to this. It opened our Star, Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, um, Saturday morning cartoons, 
the books, you know, the reading, you know, Robin Hood and Knights of the Round Table and, mm. and all those different things that just opened our eyes to the, to the wonderful, fantastic world, reading Tolkien and, and uh, you know, George Martin for the, for the kids today. It's kids today with their winter coming and white walkers and things, <laughs> you know. Um, Speaking of which, yeah. somebody to look forward to. I've had a hint that we know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows George R.R. R. Martin. Mm-hmm. And George R.R. R. Martin is very likely going to be at Worldcon. It is It is likely, yes. In August, mm-hmm. which is going to be here in Kansas City. Uh-huh. Where we are. Uh-huh. In August. Uh-huh. For Worldcon. Uh-huh. Which we are going to cover in uh-huh. some way, shape, or form if uh-huh. it kills us. That's right. Uh, talking about grand grand plans and schemes, uh, uh, we can we can promote a little bit toward that. Um, we are we are going to make the attempt to cover Worldcon in a way that it's never been done before. We're looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, We're about to break new ground. Hopefully, yes. yes. Uh, unless we get broken first. So, uh, there was a know, terrible see. fire uh, and a flood you know, and, and a windstorm. And those locusts and the yeah. flies and the frogs. Uh, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, that's something to look forward to. Um, I tell you what, if, if, if you are... If you are of a mind, you want to. We've talked about the Batman Five Superman trailer. We've talked about all the Star Wars footage. If you have uh, thoughts or, or comments or that you'd like to share with us, you can always call our hotline as area code five seven three forty two sci fi, or you can send us an email h two o at sci fi for me dot com. Mm-hmm. You can leave a comment. We're on uh, all the social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Google Plus, YouTube, and Tumblr. And we've got another episode next week. We do. Yeah. Because we keep doing this. Yes. And don't forget... uh, You can't escape us. Rogue's Gallery will get more in-depth on analysis of the Batman 5 trailer, and uh, as well as all of the other DC-filmed media stuff. And we've got Level 117, which is talking about all the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. Uh, Lots lots going on over there as well. And uh, Sci-Fi for Chicks, we've got a couple of different uh, themed story arcs, or I guess discussion topics uh, going on over there. Women of a Genre. They're doing some different segments there. And uh, Grimly Speaking, Maya and Cami doing uh, recaps and analysis of Grimm. A popular show. Yes. And Heather and Doreen are doing recaps and analysis of iZombie. Yes. So all also of that going on. Uh, which And you can find all of those podcasts over at iTunes or on our website, sci fi me.com or uh, we're slowly adding them in over at podcast.com, so uh, check there as well. And that's going to do it for us this week, Timothy Harvey. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you, sir, for joining me here, and thank you for listening. Uh, we do encourage you to share links and uh, leave comments. If you are listening to us on iTunes, go ahead and rate the show, because that, oh, helps, us, yes. uh, that helps us get found in the, in the directories and such. And we will be back with another episode of H2O next week. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2015 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 